Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am pleased to welcome back for the third time, filmmaker David Weiner. David, welcome back. How are you? Anytime you ask, I, I must obey. Here I am. Happy to be with you again. Happy to have you back. In your, in your post-second vaccinated state. You, uh, you look a little different. You have a third eye appearing out of your forehead. But that's cool. That means you, you can see more. Absolutely. Um, and you have sprouted bat wings, but I, I'm sure that's a natural evolution of the human condition. And, and if you look at the listed side effects for Pfizer, you have to go way down for the bat wings, but they're there. You just have to look. It's the, it's the fine print. <laughs> it's, it's in the fine print. It's in the fine print. Uh, yeah. For, the, for those listening, uh, we were actually going to record about a week ago, and then you were so gracious. I, I got the second dose, and I was KO'd for a day, and you were so gracious to reschedule for me, uh, w- reschedule with me, so I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And I just want to say with my public service announcement platform here that I'm glad you got your shots, part one and part two. I've gotten part one. Uh, Part two will be for me next week. And everyone go get vaccinated so we can have herd immunity and have a fun summer. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to going back to the movies, going back to sporting events, going back to concerts. The last time you were on the show... You were gearing up for the release of In Search of Darkness Part 2, another four-plus-hour definitive documentary on the, 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 the horror movies of the 1980s. And I had an opportunity to, to purchase it. You know, it, I think it came – was it It was late December, early December that it came in the mail, if I remember? Yep, yep, that sounds right. We sold it, we sold it through the end of October. Uh, Halloween was last day, and uh, the backers who got their name – in the credits like you thank you very much absolutely uh you got access to our discord community you got all sorts of swag in the mail and you should have gotten that you know several weeks after you know december i believe right? yeah absolutely got the poster on the wall and, and i loved it and i just <laughs> want to go on record of saying that you know of just like the first in search of darkness i i love the second one and I have to ask, you know, is there enough material for a third in search of darkness covering the 80s? Well, that's a good question. There is a lot of material and I want to get a lot more material because there's a lot more to cover. There are so many there are hundreds of movies that came out in uh, in the decade of 1980 to 1989 uh, in the horror genre. And, um, you know, we were just scratching the surface in literally nine hours of filmmaking covering so many films but there are so many more that we haven't gotten to and that i'm acutely aware of i don't i I don't for a second think that we 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 captured it all um we're just sort of opening up doors to all new rooms and avenues and and discussions and 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 discovery of super cool straight to video theatrical whatever it may be it's out there and uh, a third movie was demanded by so many of the people who really loved in search of darkness part one and part two and they're like i can't can't wait for part three. And so while I didn't even know we would necessarily be doing a part three, I am now happy and on board and and intend to make part three with uh, Robin Block and our team at Creator VC. That is awesome. All right, listeners, you heard it here. We're going to get a part three. (laughs) Uh, But for listeners, last time we talked, the, you know, you, you had to purchase the movie it was you know like you said it came with all the the awesome swag and and the discord community and i was so happy and 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 thrilled to be a part of that but for people listening now in april of 2021 and they want to see in search of darkness too how can they go about doing that that's a good question uh you got to find a friend if you want a physical copy if you want to visit yeah uh if you want to if you want to get on shutter uh, we just debuted this week. So uh, on Monday, um, they, they have a halfway to Halloween 
uh, celebration all of April. And uh, we're sort of the icing on the cake at the tail end and very grateful to uh, have a platform like Shudder to expand this film uh, visually to so many people. So, uh, yeah, go to Shudder and like Amazon Prime and AMC Plus also all ca- also carry Shutter programming. So I think you can get it that way as well. But the physical copy. Sorry, folks. You had yeah, to, physical had your copy. Chance. If you really, if you really, if you value physical copies, uh, if you value having your name in the credits, which is super cool, we don't even do that every single time we do a physical copy. We do that for our initial campaign. But uh, ultimately, yeah, for those who really like to hold this thing in your hand or have it on your shelf or in your collection, we we're a small company, and so we manufacture in batches, and they have to be large batches, batches because the smaller the batch, the more expensive it is to to manufacture and ship. And, uh, you know, everything has always been sort of COVID complicated in terms of manufacturing. So, um, you know, we will do it again at some point. And if you are interested in getting that uh, physical copy in your hand one day, uh, you can do that one of two ways. One, you sign up for the mailing list at 80shorrordoc.com. Or two, I do believe that you get a copy with In Search of Tomorrow if you want to add that to your uh, order while uh, we're pre-ordering in search of tomorrow which is an entirely different movie about 80s sci-fi exactly and what a what a perfect way to segue into the the main topic of today's discussion and that is you're you're just off you know fresh off the the heels of in search of darkness part two and you know you, one would think that uh, you know a, a film that is that uh thorough and and that sort of just i mean how do you even know how to describe it you think that maybe you would take a little time off maybe just <laughs> maybe just maybe just relax a little bit and, and enjoy the fruits of your labor if you will and, and sit back and maybe just spend nine hours watching the the hard work you put in but no not you you're i you're, see i've seen the nine work of hours yeah. i put in over and over and over and over <laughs> but but for you you're 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 just you know, you're just keeping the engine going. So can you talk about In Search of Tomorrow? And we'll just start from the beginning, talk a little bit about the film. You know, what are your, what can the audiences uh, expect? In Search of Darkness provided the ultimate template that people have really responded to. Four and a half hour movie that goes structurally from 1980 to 1989, where within each year you go through a nice handful of movies Uh, five, seven, ten movies, perhaps. And then in between, you have a chapter that's larger context topics, whether it's, you know, the the special effects, the visual effects, or the the heroes, the villains, the pop culture of the time, the music scores, whatever it may be, you know, deep dive subjects. Um, It provides this amazing template for discovery and contemplation and and this ultimate love letter to whatever genre or decade you pick and so after 80s horror we just thought the the natural evolution would be to go to 80s sci-fi movies and i'm just uh i love i i'm I'm not just a horror guy uh i love 80s sci-fi i love 80s horror i love 80s fantasy i love 80s comedy I love 80s drama. I love all sorts of things. But there's something about these genre films that people love to return to over and over and over. And it's their, it's nostalgia that sort of keeps this stuff alive. And people love to sort of revisit them, dissect them, uh, relive a time in their life when these movies really meant something to them and to us. Yeah. You know, uh, how, how cool is it that I, I get to do this for sci-fi now? It, it makes me really happy to be able to do 
interviews with my my heroes. And so what we do is like we did for In Search of Darkness, we're doing for In Search of Tomorrow. We get for In Search of Darkness, we got about 50 people uh, in front of the camera, behind the camera, experts, icons uh, to talk about the genre, talk about their own films and talk about the films that they love and the topics that they love and are interested in 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 exploring themes all sorts of things like that and in search of tomorrow we have a cast of 75 and counting uh and it's a similar uh spread of types of folks you know directors writers actors uh uh musicians and composers uh, experts in the field, uh, you know, everything, everyone from production designers, you know, to uh, editors, of, uh, special effects artists. It's uh, an embarrassment of riches of talent. And uh, I'm halfway through right now uh, interviewing the cast. And again, like In Search of Darkness Part 2, In Search of Tomorrow, we're, we're navigating the minefield of in indie an indie production during the time of COVID. And we're able to do this all safely. Uh, we're all able to do this all in person while, you know, social distancing and masking up. Um, but we're getting great, great, great interviews. And I'm doing a bunch of interviews in my backyard at my house, you know, to, to keep socially distanced, to uh, keep the crew small, uh, to, to have uh, a nice airflow going. And a wonderful conversation as well. So, gosh, I cannot complain when I have the likes of, you know, Alex Winter from Bill and Ted or Bruce Boxleitner from Tron or Adrian Barbeau from Escape from New York and Swamp Thing or, you know, Flash Gordon himself, Sam J. Jones. I mean, all these people, Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek. All these folks are, are in my backyard talking to me to get amazing material for you guys for this movie. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. And I probably have about 10 questions that I'm going to fire, <laughs> fire off over the next uh, little bit here. But I guess I'll just start with some of the some of the uh, simpler questions, I think. Are you working with the same crew that you did for In Search of Darkness? Uh, it's definitely the same company. Um, and In Search of Darkness Part 2, it's the same crew. And when I say the crew, it's Octay Ortobasi. Uh, who is uh, the director of photography and cameraman and sound as well, essentially. He's a one-man band. And uh, uh, he came on in In Search of Darkness Part 2, and uh, he's he's been a, a wonderful uh, team member to get all this material. And uh, so, yeah. so And then it's the same uh, group of, of, of producers and associate producers and, and talent. And Samuel Way, my editor, uh, who did In Search of Darkness Part 1 and Part 2. He's on board for uh, In Search of Tomorrow. Uh, and, of course, this is all under the, uh, the the overseeing eye of Robin Block, the executive producer, whose creative VC is the catalyst for all this stuff. So, David, let's... Who gives me, who gives me I just have to say, yeah. you know, he just gives me a blank canvas and, and, and enables me to get this stuff done and is very happy. Uh, we have a wonderful working relationship and... I'm incredibly humbled and, and happy to have such a, you know, I, I, I know I'm being spoiled right now. Yeah. One day I'll look back at this and I'll say, oh, my God, I was really spoiled. I already know that. No, then that's awesome. So can you can you just start uh, uh, giving us, uh, myself and the listeners, some of the names that are on board with this film? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, gosh. Well, it's funny. You think 75 people and then your mind goes blank, sure. right? But it's just like, I mean, some of the really cool people I have is, uh, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura. I talked to him, uh, you know, so he's in Running Man and he's in Predator. 
Uh, like I'll sort of, it's like you go sort of like section by section, you know, aliens. Uh, I, I sat down with, with Carrie Henn, uh, who played Newt in Aliens. She's, you know, it's, it's she's such, such a unique experience having been a child actor in one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever. Um, and I just had, I just spoke to, uh, Mark, uh, Ralston, uh, who plays Drake. And, you know, we have Jeanette Goldstein who plays Vasquez. Let's see, RoboCop. We, we've got a couple of super cool folks. We've got RoboCop himself, also known as Buckaroo Banzai, also known as the guy in Leviathan with the flamethrower. Uh, Peter Weller uh-huh. is in there. You know, um, his 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 co. Uh, uh, let's see, you know, uh, Nancy Allen and and Kurtwood Smith and uh, Paul Verhoeven, the director. Gosh, you know, Bill and Ted. So I, I mentioned Alex Winter from Star Trek. You know, Walter Koenig, uh, but we also have like, you know, Nicholas Meyer, who directed Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, one of my all time favorite movies of the 80s. Um, and he directed Star Trek VI. He wrote uh, Star Trek IV. He also did Time After Time. He also did a TV movie the day after uh, that many of us experienced yeah. and blew our minds and changed the shape, changed the way that we looked at the effects of, of a nuclear. <laughs> a nuclear war we, we all thought we'd figured you know just get obliterated but it's really not that way it's a very different experience and reality and that changed our, our world in many ways anyway i could just keep on going you know on and on and on and on it's, it's great you know lisa and anthony from crawl <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where and i mentioned to i mentioned this to you the last time we were talking that i consider myself a, a horror fan i i'm i don't know horror on the level that certainly, you know, a Heather Wixon knows or something like that, like some some of your experts. And I what I liked about the the two in search of darkness films was it all it introduced me to a number of a number of movies that I basket case, you know, movies that I had never seen before that I, I sought out and, you know, it created this wonderful call to action to to check these movies out. Now mm-hmm. the opposite could be said for sci-fi, which is very much my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And and like it's so interesting. Like when you say Jesse Ventura, I'm like Predator. Running Man. I know. I already, I already know what we're talking about. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so. Aliens is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's just like my anticipation level was was high for the first two films. It is on a, a just even a even elevated level from from the other two films, and that is not a knock on the other two films. I absolutely mm. love them, but I can't wait for this film. And I'm getting a little off subject here because I'm just gushing a little bit about how excited I am for this project to come out. But I, I, I want to kind of circle back to talking about sort of the COVID challenges uh, associated with putting a film together. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if, you know, there were people you wanted to interview that are still a little hesitant. And I know you talked about last time how Zoom is out of the question, like you're not doing Zoom interviews. Without naming names, were there potential guests that just said, you know what, I'm I'm just not ready to do this yet? Yeah, that was very much for In Search of Darkness 2. Uh, and while I was doing In Search of Darkness 2, I was starting to get In Search of Tomorrow interviews as well. Um, and, you know, there's some people who straddle both. Like, you know, I'll sit down with Nancy Allen. She could talk about her horror work and her sci-fi work. You know, and, and mind you, when I'm talking to Nancy Allen, just quick digression, you know, we're not only talking about RoboCop, we're talking about Strange Invaders, we're talking about the Philadelphia Experiment. You know, if I talk to Sarah Douglas, I'm not only talking about, you know, Superman 2, we're talking about solar babies, you know, <laughs> really fun stuff. You know, it's not just sort of one film per person. And so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, there are people who still right now who signed on, who are still a little reluctant to get out there, 
But I must say this last month to month and a half have been wonderful because it's kind of like Groundhog Day. You know, they're, they're, they're popping their heads out now that the vaccinations are happening. People are getting much more, um, yeah, they're, they're just much more comfortable going out and doing this. And so uh, I've had a very full uh, last month and this month uh, and next month are just uh, packed every single week uh, and weekend. I'm, I'm filming somebody, you know, working my way through 75, if not more. You know, putting the COVID challenges aside, you know, I look at a movie like RoboCop, which is, dare I say, a top five film. And, and just if I was put Dana's top five movies out there, that's that's a definitive top five film. And I look at the cast on that and it's such just a, such a perfect film. And I wonder, David, was there just putting putting that or, or interviewing that cast? Any any challenges or any fun stories to go with with getting just the RoboCop cast together? Yeah, well, I, I have to say sort of a blanket statement. Whenever I'm going out for any of these folks, uh, it's myself and uh, Andrew Hawkins, who's one of the co-producers. Um, he and I are sort of tackling the outreach in terms of getting a lot of the talent. And, you know, it's all by hook and by crook, you know, whether it's a, a, a well-crafted letter <laughs> or getting the right person at the right time on the telephone or knowing the person who knows a person who knows a person. Um, there's ways to get all these people or at least get their attention. And it's not always by using their representation. Sometimes it's literally by knowing their, you know, roommates, brothers, sisters, you know, grocery clerk who, who likes them. And next thing you know, you've got that connection. Um, it's a good question because uh, I, I, I love telling the Kurtwood Smith story because Kurtwood Smith, you know, I live in Los Angeles. Uh, Kurtwood Smith lives in my neighborhood. <laughs> And so I, among all these people, I'm just like, I want Kurtwood Smith, you know, uh, but I'm going to see if I can get him without having to talk to his representation. So I literally, you know, uh, I, I'm saying this out now. I, I was not stalking Kurtwood Smith, but I did when I took walks in my neighborhood, made sure I would beeline in front of his house every single day whenever I would take a walk, hoping I might catch him one day taking out the garbage or, you know, watering the lawn or something like that. And uh, I did that for a couple months and <laughs> I realized I think I'm just going to call his representation. I never see the guy uh, who's a very nice person. And uh, lo and behold, that one day I was walking uh, around <laughs> in my, with my son and he pops out and I said, hello. And he said, hello. And, and it just happened to dovetail with... Uh, the release of our uh, Dave Morrell poster, which is for In Search of Tomorrow, we have all the good guys facing all the bad guys. So opposite RoboCop, you have Boddicker, you have Kurtwood Smith's bad guy. And my and I said, Kurtwood, you know, I'm doing this documentary on, on 80s sci-fi movies. And, and I was halfway sort of through my ask trying to be as diplomatic as possible because I'm literally just the neighbor walking by. And my son said, you're on the poster. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? I am. And, and I said, well, <laughs> yes, you are. Happy to send that to you and just give you the information. He's like, yeah, of course. And, you know, I sent him the stuff. And the next day he's like, I'm in, whatever you need me to do. Awesome. And uh, awesome. like, anyway, that's just one of those serendipitous moments where it's kind of a long story, but it's real fun because I, I'm proud of how we have gotten some of these cast uh, members who either have seen our other projects uh, or, or they like who else is coming on board. And there's this wonderful snowball effect. I love it. And the, and with Kurtwood Smith, I don't think you think of definitive eighties villains. You think immediately of a Hans Gruber, 
I don't think Clarence Boddicker gets enough credit and Kurtwood Smith gets enough credit for creating one of the most menacing villains in cinema history. And and to hear that he's one of the nicest guys in the world is just charming. I could just love oh. to hear that. <laughs> he's absolutely he's a good egg. He's a good guy. And uh, absolutely. I think I think everyone should watch RoboCop again uh, and focus only on his performance. Um, because it's mesmerizing and it's it's cocky and confident and it blows everyone away and you know there's a whole sort of umbrella of bad guys who who sort of deflect you know from him but if you really zero in on him even even ronnie cox you know um he he kind of has to defer to uh you know Boddicker's character you know he can't really tell him exactly what to do because you know Boddicker suffers no fools and uh anyway it's it's good stuff I'm I'm excited to have all these folks talking about their their craft and motivations and their other favorite films as well in that era. I know I asked you this the first time we talked about In Search of Darkness, where I said, you know, did you ever have those those moments where you're like, I I just can't believe I'm I'm sitting here talking to this person, and you know, you had explained that you've been doing this for a long time and you've you've interviewed a lot of people, but you still had a couple of those moments. So uh, I guess I'm going to kind of ask the question, but I'll rephrase it a little bit. You're a huge sci-fi fan. Is there a couple things that you learned, a couple things that have, you know, sort of stood out to you that you've learned along this journey of making In Search of Tomorrow about about any particular film that you love? Uh, well, I, I want to answer the question that you didn't ask, but you sort of asked. And I have to say, one of the best interviews I had was literally on this past Sunday. Um, and that was with Adrian Barbeau because I had wanted to. I, I, I had reached out to her for, for the first In Search of Darkness, uh, and, and her representation said that, she, you know, we kind of did it back and forth, and it just didn't work out. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but she's a wonderful person. But sometimes the representation, you know, doesn't make it as easy as possible. Um, and then next thing along is uh, I, I, her representation was happy to – have her in in search of darkness part two and we planned for it um and our stars just didn't align with the schedule because she had to postpone because of some project and you know quarantine and i mean it was really covid related that sort of prevented her from being in that but but she was able to ultimately uh sit across from me and talk and talk about her career and, um, you know, her interview is a very different interview from some of the other folks, because a lot of times the approach is different. Um, you know, some people you could say, well, how'd you feel about this? And what was your, that was talk about the movie, you know, what were the themes? What were the, you know, the impact and her, she's wired in a very different way. Her, her she's more in terms of the, the very personal recollections and anecdotes and just sort of her method, you know, getting through any film. And so I found it to be an incredibly rewarding experience to a, <laughs> finally be sitting across from her and and to then to have a wonderful conversation with her she's the best and she looks amazing she turned 76 this year wow. and she looks like she's turning about you know she's looks 20 years younger she's great that is awesome. i didn't answer your question yeah. though did i no real question. but that's okay that's all right so <laughs> uh do you mean to do you mean to re ask the question again yeah rephrase okay. it Refra <laughs> no uh it was just that you know you're a huge fan of of sci-fi and I know you know a lot of these movies inside and out, and you could probably get into three-hour-long discussions about each one of these films without having any notes. But having said that, David, 
did you learn anything about a few movies that you love that you didn't know? And you sort of had that aha moment. Oh, I didn't realize that. Did any of those experiences happen thus far in the interviews that you've conducted? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a kind of a half answer, half sort of proclamation. And that's um, a lot of these movies, what's the horror fans are, uh, they know these movies inside out and they love them for various different reasons. The sci-fi fans are the same way. They love these movies inside out and they love certain things more, certain things less, and they're very, very strong opinions. They're all knowledgeable. They all know the nitty gritty. They know the details. You know, we are the people who we get the Blu-ray, the the DVD, the, just for those special features. Because in addition to the movie, we want to know as much as we can about the making of these movies. I mean, it goes back to the days of Starlog, where pre-internet days, where we're like, I want to do that in- interview with John Dykstra to find out how he did the special effects for Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica and so on. Um, you know, send, reading Cinefix and finding out how they they did fire he did firefox you know um so to me my biggest conundrum here is well i can't just have people talk about the empire strikes back because we've all seen it five thousand times upside down backwards the deleted scenes the, the the journal of the wheels cut you know whatever it may be so how do i crack that you know for for this audience including myself where i get to see this stuff and i know this stuff but i want to learn something new or i want a new angle on it or something like that and that's been the real challenge for some of these movies i think some of these movies that are lesser known it's it's a little easier just to say well we did this and we did that and this is a interesting thing that happened you know but for empire it's a whole different animal I got to sit down with uh, Craig Miller, who was has been with Lucasfilm from the early days, and he did publicity. He 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 was the the official fan club uh, uh, liaison who wrote Bantha tracks that we all read and got in the mail. And and it was a small little operation, Lucasfilm, back in the days leading up to Empire, where things got a lot bigger. So he has some unique stories that uh, I don't think anyone has else has heard before um that i was i was so pleased that we sat together and i got to hear some of these stories of whether you know whether it's the introduction of boba fett or the death of boba fett and why boba fett died so ignominiously (laughs) smashing against jabba's barge and then getting burped by the uh, sarlacc pit you know there's a reason for that and and he explains what that reason is because it's what george lucas told him and it's what he was able to sort of pass along or not pass along to the fans. That explains a lot of why certain things in Star Wars are maybe not to our satisfaction, or we always kind of scratched our heads about it. So a lot of this has been a learning experience for me about how to best approach some of these topics that we all know so much about yet we want to hear about it again but we don't want to just be done with it after three or four or five minutes on a particular movie saying i knew all that (laughs) you know but we also want people to say it's awesome you know we want that chris farley moment where you know vernon wells from the road warrior says road warrior that was awesome wasn't it you know we kind of want that too so it's it's that balance Excellent. Before we get into how listeners can get involved and, you know, secure a copy of this, a physical copy of this film, what is your, what's your timetable looking like right now? I know you said you're still in the middle of interviews and I'm not looking for a definitive finish date because I know this, it's, it's done, it's done when it's done, but in, in perfect world under perfect 
you know, scenario and perfect settings, when would you like to see this project finished? Well, we're aiming, we're aiming to complete it uh, for December. Okay. Uh, you know, COVID willing, um, that's our timetable to get it done. Um, and uh, that's what we're aiming for. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a very busy summer uh, finishing out these interviews and scripting it and starting to edit it uh, all at the same time while doing a little bit of pre-production on uh, In Search of Darkness Part 3 as well. And so several plates to spin while we do this. It's, and uh, yeah, no. Yeah. So that's kind of the timetable. That will, I plan to get plenty of sleep and quality family time too. That was going to uh, be my next question. An, for, at least a, for at least an hour a week. It, well, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. I was going to say, how does David Weiner spend quality free time and 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 how how little of it do you have each week so in, in a somnambulist state that's how i spend it i, I don't i'm not even there for it no. i i will tell you on a, on a not on the level that you're at but i do understand i do understand about uh, time management and or at least i i have an understanding of what time management is my implementation of it sometimes is not not as good as it could be but that's <laughs> that's a story well for i'll tell i'll tell you this I'll tell you this about myself. I am not a workaholic, um, but I am a completist, and I'm and I'm I'm as as organized people go. I'm pretty organized, so I I have everything laid out for what I need to do. But uh, I never schedule my day like I have to spend this much amount of time over the you know x amount of weeks to get a certain amount of done. You know, as I get closer to the finish line, that's always a requirement just to make sure it happens but uh i i work in fits and spurts you know uh you know a lot of times my passive time is more collecting data and doing uh research you know for for these interviews that i do uh and then others are a little more proactive in terms of the, the scheduling and the herding of cats you know <laughs> to get everyone in in place and you know we're doing lots of promotion right now uh i'm talking to you right now Absolutely. you know to, uh, this is part of the promotional thing. I'm happy to talk about this and happy to have an audience who's interested. And I always appreciate you, Dana, with your great questions. I really do. Um, and I always feel like we're having a really good conversation that people can listen in on. That, be, that being said, it's all kind of part of the machine right now because we're doing an Indiegogo campaign going on right now up until May 4th. Uh, you know, you go to 80s sci-fi doc.com. We could talk about that, you know, at the end of the podcast. But, uh, you know, between that and between production and scripting and researching and, you know, living my life, you know, I, I, I am getting this stuff done, but it's really kind of in bits and spurts, really. Do you feel like, I mean, this is this obviously looking at the pedigree of the two In Search of Darkness films and obviously. The, clearly the In Search of Darkness 3. Are you already, your mind already thinking of, ahead to, well, there's clearly going to be an In Search of Tomorrow Part 2. I mean, there has you to be. You heard it here first. That's what I want. <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, there just has to be. My question becomes, I know you, 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 when you do these interviews, you talk to them for a long time, but in some cases you can only use a few minutes here and a few minutes there. Are you already sort of looking at you know, well, I, I've got enough material for two films when I talk to this person or two documentaries when I talk to this person. Is your mind already kind of going in that direction? Absolutely, because you never know when you're going to get an opportunity to sit down with any of these folks again. Whether they want to or not, you might not just be able to do it. Uh, but once they, you know, when they're sitting down with me with for a scheduled event where they're just coming to us 
to talk about, you know, for this for this movie. You know, it's a crime not to talk about the other stuff. Like, I don't say, well, I'm only going to cover, you know, with Nancy Allen. I, I, I think, well, we're only going to do RoboCop. You know, I'm not sure if we're going to get to Strange Invaders until In Search of Darkness Part 2. I'll just talk to her about that next time. No, that would be a mistake <laughs> you know there's no guarantee that I'll, I'll be able to sit down with her again and if we could sit down and she's totally comfortable sitting for two hours which she did you know very graciously uh i i have all the material i need you know so i mean like you know i already know what's going to make it in in part one and part two ideally now there's no guarantee that we're going to do in search of tomorrow part two but we're already thinking about it and planning for it and hoping to do it and if, if, if In Search of Tomorrow is indeed a success and received well, we will by all means do In Search of T Tomorrow Part 2. And uh, so, yeah, the answer is absolutely. I mean, I, I, I had this wonderful sit down with Catherine Mary Stewart. Um, and we talked about Last Starfighter, but we also talked about uh, Night Flyers. You know, we talked about the Apple, if you've ever seen or never seen the Apple, which is sort of a futuristic musical uh, that some people think is awful. Some people think it's the best. I think it's really, really ridiculously fun. Um, there's World Gone Wild. You know, there's Night of the Comet, of course. The way it's going to ultimately lay out is, I think, uh, in search of Dark, uh, sorry, in search of tomorrow, uh, part one will be most of the heavy, hit, heavy hitters with, uh, you know, eclectic choices here and there. So it's not all the main, main, mainstream stuff, but it'll be like in search of darkness, part one versus part two. Part one was mostly the mainstream stuff. Part two was definitely the deep cuts. Uh, and I plan to go the same route with in search of tomorrow uh with you know select eclectic choices in part one that's awesome i'm so i mean david i'm so excited about this project <laughs> and, and i and i know i've said it about the other ones and i was but believe my believe me when i tell you i'm really really excited about this one before i get into you know the indiegogo campaign because i, I want to talk about you know the, the the different levels that people can can join and what they can get i'm going to ask you one question about peter weller when you chatted with him uh-huh how deep does it go into Buckaroo Banzai? Because that is one of my all time. I just think that movie is amazing. And the fact that the, the ending title says, you know, Buckaroo Banzai will return and it, you know, it just, <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't right? happen. I'm just wondering without spoiling he it. Still me. He still still, okay. Right? Does he, does he, does, does that conversation <laughs> come up at all or did it come up at I, all when you were interviewing him? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was, he was, he was more than happy to talk about Robocop to talk about uh, Buckaroo Banzai, to talk about Leviathan. I talked to Clancy Brown about Buckaroo as well, you know, because um, he was on, on uh, in the, he was one of the Hong Kong Cavaliers. But yeah, Peter Weller is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's in a league of his own in terms of interviews. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a, he is Dr. Peter Weller. He, he is a doctor and, uh, and not a medical doctor. Uh, 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 I'm going to get it wrong. So apologies to Peter Weller, but you could look it up. Um, but he, you know, he, he's a professor, uh, and he, he's very much, uh, art, you know, and, and art history. And I think he's, his PhD is in, you know, Roman medieval art or something to that effect. And again, apologies. I just can't remember off the top of my head, but, uh, he sits down and he like an interview with him as he lectures and he listen. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you pop in a, a question or a topic and then he goes for another five or ten minutes and you know the challenge is to to steer it in the way that it could be best used for the movie uh, but we had wonderful conversations about sci-fi about film about art about history about uh politics about sociology and about 80s movies that he was in and 80 movies 80s movies that he loved and so it was quite the conversation outstanding well i appreciate you sharing that little little snippet of of the interview that you had with him so david i'm asking not only for myself because clearly i'm going to get involved and i'm going to sign up but for those listening believe me when i tell you you, you want the physical copy. You want the bundle. You want everything that comes with it because it's just awesome when that box shows up on my door and I open it up and it's posters and it's a pin that I still wear on my jacket and it's the movie and it's everything. So I'm asking for myself, but also asking for the listeners, how can I get involved? How can I make sure that I get a copy of this movie in December? Definitely go to 80sscifidoc.com, uh, 80s. And uh, that get, takes you to the Indiegogo right now, uh, and that allows you to look at the various tiers of involvement. Um, and that's everything from, you know, everything is the same. And every time you go to a what when I say that everything is the same, every level is the same. And then when you get to the next level, it's all the same stuff with one or two more cool things up to the point where if you want to, if you want to invest as a, like an associate producer or a, a regular producer, you know, if you want access to the premiere that we will have, that we'll have somewhere ideally in person when we have an all, you know, rub elbows and, it, and not be worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all planned. And we all plan to do that. You get access to the discord community, you get your name in the, tra- in the, in the credits, um, if you have a podcast, if you want to put instead of just Dana Buckler, if you want to put the you know the Dana Buckler show in in the credits, you know there's a little uh, promotion for yourself that you could do if you're interested in doing that. Um, you get access to the movie, the digital copies of the movie, and the soundtrack. Access to the Discord community, which we do where weekly we do watch parties and Q and As, and and it's very non-toxic supportive cool collective of like-minded fans sharing their their geek goods and talking about their favorite movies it's just really cool and in this environment these days in the pandemic i think while we all want to get outside and we're all trying to get outside it's still easier now to just sort of spend a little more time at home now and so it gives you a nice uh connectivity to to uh, a whole community that's super cool um, yeah, just go to 80sci-fi.com and you can check it all out. And like I said, you had access to the previous In Search of Darkness as well. So check that out and see what you can get. 80sci-fi.com. Yep. And there is definitely multiple links for that in this episode's show notes. So I encourage everybody, you can you can click on the link where you're hearing us talk right now. You can do it right now. Uh, I, I, before you say anything, I want to ask you, Dana, <laughs> what would you like to see in In Search of Tomorrow? Well, is there a particular movie or actor or concept or or approach? I, I'm all ears. Well, that's I mean, uh, uh, oof, you know, that's that boy. I, my, now my mind is now the wheels I are put just you racing. On the spot. Yeah, you put me on the racing. <laughs> immediately, I'm just thinking about you know my my definitive heavy hitters, like you said, the heavy hitters, which I'm sure are going to be fidget. I'm talking like Terminator, Running Man, Predator. Uh, aliens, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Uh, you mentioned the Last Starfighter, which. 
I love that movie. And my favorite scene in that movie, which makes no sense, is when he's just playing the video game and going for the high score. Because at that age, you know, we were just getting into video games. And to me, that was the biggest accomplishment. I remember seeing it as a kid. So I'm going to have to defer my answer to another time because I, it's too much for one person to just yeah, try to, try to focus. Yeah, put my thinking think cap about on. Like, there's a decade's worth of material and you get to have one thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to pick. I have to say with Last Starfighter, uh, we have the you know Alex Rogan himself, Lance, Lance Guest uh, is is in our movie. Nick Castle has returned to do another interview to talk about not only directing uh, uh, Last Star Starfighter but co-writing Escape from New York with yeah. John Carpenter. Um, I mean that's super cool. Um, I didn't know that Nick Castle is in Escape from New York in in a bit part in a in a particular scene. I don't know if anyone knows that. Oh, I did. I did not that know out. that. So <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, oh, and of course, Escape from New York. You got Adrian Barbeau. So she, you know, she was in there as well. So you got John Carpenter. You got Adrian Barbeau. You know, you got Nick Castle. And like I said, you know, it, it, we're still trying to get more cast members. No promises, but we're aiming high. So you know, who knows who else we can get for this movie? Um, but we definitely want, are aiming for uh, A-list caliber, and, and we'll see what we can do before the movie comes out. I, I wonder, does the movie Enemy Mine make it into this This movie? It has to. It, it has, has to. to that, that is a uh, that's Dennis Quaid, Louis Gossett Jr. and right. Wolfgang Peterson Wolfgang directed Peterson. it. Absolutely. Just a there's there's a movie that. Uh, just blew me away as a kid, and I rewatched it about a year ago, and I was like, "Oh no, this is this still holds up. This is a phenomenal film with a with a hell of a message to it." So, right, absolutely. So, and and a a a Pepsi Pepsi can on a distant planet as garbage. So yeah. a little creative product product placement there. Oh, very creative. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the moment he knew he was free, <laughs> or he knew he, right. he knew he knew his, he was going to be saved. He found a Pepsi can. Exactly. <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi saves the next generation. I love it. Uh, so David, I appreciate you coming on the show, but before before we wrap things up, like I always want to do, uh, you know, I just want to kind of uh, sort of gauge what it is you're watching right now, what it is, what's on your radar, what's moving your needle as far as programming, be it on the streaming or, or a movie you've seen recently or any any television series, anything catching your eye right now? Well, um, you you know, it's it's a tougher answer for me because I am living and breathing 80s sci-fi yeah. right now because that's my bread and butter of, of uh, you know, I, I'm talking to a variety of folks. And so I, I really I do the deep dive. I want to make sure I know I've seen this stuff and it's fresh in my mind. I mean, even even Flash Gordon, you know, I've seen that. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen that. But. I watched it again the night before I sat down with Sam J. Jones and I, I saw new things that I hadn't even noticed before, you know? So sometimes you can't just say, well, I've seen it many times. I know it inside out. Sometimes when you're looking at it from the perspective of I'm going to talk to this person, so I'm going to focus on their point of view of what it was like to be shooting it. Sometimes you see brand new things. But uh, to answer your question, because I always like to answer the question I'm asked, <laughs> is uh, I, I really enjoyed watching Mortal Kombat oh. uh, that just came on HBO. I am I am not a Mortal Kombat fan. I appreciate it. I like it, but I'm not nuts for it. Um, and uh, uh, I just was like, I need I need a palate cleanser. I just need a no brainer. 
And I found it to be incredibly clever and fun and, and snarky and way over the top with its blood and gore, which is exactly what we really, really wanted. And so I was shocked in the best way possible seeing some of those deaths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that were very much video game deaths when you think about it. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, 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 the pendulum swings. And I mean, I also just watched the last season of The Crown. And I thought that was, you know, just exquisite. It was really well done. I mean, that, a friend of mine took me to task saying, David, I can't believe you're, you know, because I recommended it. He's like, Charles and Diana, The Crown, are you kidding me? Should I send you, you know, a subscription to the National Enquirer? I've lost you. <laughs> and I said, well, if you don't know this show, you got to watch it, but watch it from the beginning. You know, it's a really well done. It's a period piece. And um, the writing is just superb because so much of it is just, you know, the, the, the politics of, of interaction and sometimes what's not said and uh you know body language all that kind of stuff like that it's really well done so i'll say the crown i'll say the crown and mortal Kombat, and uh of course i watched godzilla versus kong uh and that was fun and i saw i'll throw one more in i saw psycho gorman okay um, all right and that was just absolutely just so fun beginning to end and i've been watching the new creep show i mean now that i think about it i'm watching a lot more than i think i am because my life has been an 80s sci-fi movie after 80s sci-fi movie but uh yeah psycho gorman super fun did you see it uh, no no that's uh everything you've mentioned i've seen up till you mentioned psycho gorman which uh, a really good friend of mine has also recommended to me and he said it's it's the best movie it's the most out there it's crazy you're gonna have a blast and i can't wait it, to see it it doesn't care and that's why i love it and you'll see what i mean when you start watching it. awesome well i'll probably watch that tonight i was planning on just kind of kicking back and, and watching a movie tonight so, David, people want to follow you on social media. How can they do that? They can go to if, if I, I interact mostly on Twitter, uh, Tiki Ambassador. Uh, and uh, I also have a site called itcamefromblog.com. And so, if you go to all my other socials there, it came from blog. So, that's on Twitter, that's on Instagram, that's on Facebook, that's on Tumblr. <laughs> but uh, if you really want the fastest response and interaction from me, you probably find it on Twitter, whether it's TK Ambassador or it came from blog. Perfect. Awesome. And and and, and I'll just throw out the socials for please. Uh, 80s sci-fi doc is uh, is the is the handle on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter will get you to in search of darkness and in search of tomorrow on various socials. Perfect. All right. Well, well, David. Thank you so much for, for being on the show, and I would love to invite you back to talk before, you know, before the mo movie comes out, hopefully in December, we're hope we're, you know, that's what you're, uh, you're eyeing for December, but I'd love to have you back before then, just to kind of update us on, on the progress and, and, you know, keep us, uh, you know, in the loop, because I'm very yeah, excited well, for this film. Let's, let's have a, let's have a October Halloween era, uh, era, Halloween chat, Halloween timeframe chat. Because uh, we'll probably I'll probably have a lot more to say about perfect. In Search of Darkness Part Three at that time as well. Perfect, perfect. All right. Once again, thank you for for joining me on the show. It's always amazing to talk to you, and uh, uh, I love everything you've done so far. And I look forward to uh, what's to come. So, David, thank you. You rock. Thank you so much, Dana. Always a pleasure. Uh, always. Thank you. And my name is Dana Buckler. And thank you so much for listening.